the Bicycle by Zoe Mernier. How a global disaster paved the way for inventors to reinvent the wheel into the much-loved vehicle we call the bicycle. Over 200 years ago, a terrible and little-known disaster struck our planet when Indonesia's Mount Tambora issued the most powerful volcanic eruption in recorded human history. The 160 to 213 cubic kilometres of volcanic ash Mount Tambora spewed into the atmosphere, dispersed around the world, lowering global temperatures so much that 1816 was known as the year without a summer. These extreme weather conditions drastically affected crops around the globe, and in Germany, horses were slaughtered for food. With the main source of transport in short supply, German inventor Baron Karl von Dres put on his thinking cap. By 1817, he had devised the Laufmaschine, running machine, also known as the Drezine, hobby horse, or dandy horse. Today, we call it a balance bike, and few people over the age of four would be seen dead on one. While not the first two-wheeled device ever made, Drace's wooden contraption had the helpful benefit of steering, which saw it become popular across Europe and other inventors racing to improve on the design. It was Scottish blacksmith Kirkpatrick Macmillan who is credited for inventing the first true bicycle, ridden with both feet off the ground. His worked in a crank style, whereby the rider oscillated pedals attached to a lever which would rotate the rocker fixed on the rear wheel. Sadly for Macmillan, not a single solitary product was sold. Seems oscillating one's feet wasn't a patch on the revolutions that were to come. Beginning in the 1860s, French inventors Pierre Lallemand, Pierre and Ernest Michaud and the Olivier brothers developed prototypes with pedals attached to the front wheel. These wooden machines were named velocipedes, and while they took off, their nickname of bone shakers might give some indication as to the design flaw riders were saddled with. A smooth experience, they were not. Although, sure, cobblestones had a lot to answer for too. Advances in metallurgy, as well as the need for speed, spawned the first all-metal velocipede, also the first to officially be called a bicycle. The pedals were still attached to the front wheel, but inventors Eugene Mayer and James Starley twigged that the larger the front wheel, the further and faster one could go in a single revolution, which led to contraptions with a front wheel practically as big as the rider. Dubbed penny farthings, as the respective difference in size of the wheels was much like that of those two British coin sizes. They were also known as ordinaries, even though they looked and behaved anything but. While these high-wheel bicycles improved several aspects of riding, more comfortable higher speeds, a lighter frame, and with their solid rubber tyres a much smoother ride, they also added several disadvantages. Firstly, with a saddle that was 1.2 metres high, mounting the contraption was no picnic. Suffice to say, it involved a step, a leap, and a prayer. Uphill riding carried a substantial risk of being pitched backwards. And as for downhill riding, the prospect of a header pitching over the handlebars head first was not only typical but could be deadly. Firstly because of the great height and secondly you could be travelling at up to 60 to 70 kilometres per hour. Did we mention that penny farthings had no brakes? No wonder riders of these machines were known as scorchers 
for tearing up the roads and paths, striking terror into the hearts of pedestrians and horse riders, and inspiring Banjo Patterson's classic Australian children's poem, Mulga Bill's Bicycle. Penny Farthing's reign of terror finally came to an end in 1885, when Englishman John Kemp Starley, James Starley's nephew, perfected a safety bicycle design that featured equal-sized wheels and a chain drive. New developments in brakes and tyres followed shortly, setting the wheels in motion for what would become the bicycles of today. By the 1890s, Europe and the United States were in the midst of a bicycle frenzy. Astonishingly, this was also the era when the first e-bikes or battery-powered bicycles were first introduced. As cycling grew in popularity, so did its competitive nature. In 1903, 60 enthusiastic riders entered the first Tour de France, with only 21 finishing. The competitors' bicycles featured wooden wheel rims, big balloon tyres and two gears, which the rider would have to stop and remove the rear wheel to shift. Future Tour riders would no doubt be grateful to French publisher of La Cycliste, Paul de Vivi, who in 1906 designed the first bike with a functioning rear derailleur which gave riders four different gears. De Vivi did not take out a patent and hardly made any money from an invention that would change cycling forever. The rise of the automobile inevitably saw a dip in the popularity of cycling, with the first kids' bikes developed in 1920 in an attempt to revitalise the market. Kids' love of cycling would also spawn another iconic bike, the BMX. Starting in the early 1970s when kids began racing each other on dirt tracks to emulate their motocross heroes, BMX, i.e. bicycle motocross, took off. In the way of good fads everywhere, by the early 1980s everyone wanted a BMX bike. While this mass demand soon waned, like good fads everywhere, BMX still maintains an impressive niche today being added as an official Olympic sport for the 2008 Summer Olympic Games in Beijing. As those 80s BMX riders got older, they embraced a new off-road vehicle, the ATB or mountain bike, which really clicked into gear in the 1990s. These tough-terrain bikes featured a suspension fork and straight wide handlebars to improve balance and comfort, large knobby tyres, more durable wheels and powerful brakes, and lower gear ratios for climbing steep grades. Despite this, they have kept hospital emergency departments in business over the years. Meanwhile, the standard racing or riding bike continues to evolve, with manufacturers vying to deliver the sleekest, most aerodynamic, lightest, and most expensive bike on the market. Steel made way for aluminium, then titanium joined the party, before bicycle aficionados began worshipping at the altar of the hallowed carbon fibre. Almost as important as the bikes themselves are today's high-tech accessories. Bicycle helmets with built-in airbags and signal lights, hydration packs for hands-free drinking, lycra shorts with multiple panels and anatomically specific padding. A far cry from the early days of professional racing, when desperate riders would stuff a stake inside their shorts for a bit of blessed relief. Sometimes progress is a very good thing. Hardcore cyclists and mammals, middle-aged men in lycra aside, bikes are now more accessible than ever. More cycleways are being built the world over to encourage bicycle use and its eco-friendly credentials, 
while the global COVID-19 pandemic and its lockdowns has sent bike sales surging worldwide. And the e-bike is also powering its way to ever greater popularity, with the market up by 23% year-on-year in 2020. Seems there's no better time to get on your bike. For more RD Talks, visit readersdigest.com.au. Brought to you by Reader's Digest Australia. Narration by Zoe Mernier. Sound production by Ricky Price.